Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. The Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome into the Hogan Johns podcast brought to you by Miller Lite. Day three, Johnsy. You still got some energy? Plenty. We got, got some caffeine in me. Yeah. Juices are flowing. It's a long but fun week uh, as we get ready for this big game between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady this weekend. And another great day of guests coming up for you. Trey Wingo is here. We're going to be talking to him. And Troy Hill, too, Los Angeles Rams cornerback, who's going to be a free agent, maybe mm-hmm. a target for the Bears. Maybe. He's going to be here a little bit later as well. But first, we welcome in Trey Wingo, who has been all over the NFL for a very long time. Of course, you know that. And longtime uh, member of ESPN. Trey, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. We appreciate it. And, uh, What's this Super Bowl year like for you? I mean, obviously, it's pretty much different for everybody, but you've uh, you've been part of these for so many years. All right, so just so I'm clear, that's you, Adam, and that would make you Adam, right? Or Adam and Adam. No, I'm going this way. White shoes always win. So that's Adam, and that means you're Adam. Got it. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Great to be with you. Look, the Super Bowl week is like everything this season. It's weird. You know, normally we'd all be in Tampa, and uh, we're not there for a variety of reasons, and uh, I, I actually wonder if the NFL, when they started this thing in August, did they think we'd get here? Because, you know, they actually made it through the most difficult sport to play in an infectious disease environment where you actually have to touch each other. Like, you can't socially distance and be a good football player. Like, that's not possible. We've seen some people try it, and then they're not in the league very long. So for them to be the only one that didn't have to cancel a game is kind of remarkable. Yet here we are, and uh, so far we've, we've got one thing left to do, which is crown a Super Bowl champion, and the league has made it through without canceling a single game. It's it's really a testament to the system they put up in place to make sure we can get to this point. And here we are, and there is still Tom Brady still playing football, still in this big game. Does anything – I mean, Trey, you've covered the NFL for a long time, two decades worth of Super Bowls. Like, how amazing – is it that Tom Brady is back in the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers? Well, the list of things that are ridiculous about it, I mean, the, how long is the show? Uh, as long as we want it to be, quite frankly, because it's a podcast, okay, which you I, know I, about. Yes, yes, <laughs> but we'll get into my podcast a little bit later. The point being, like, I think we've just normalized it because he keeps doing it. It's just, I mean, Tom Brady's 43. You know how old Patrick Mahomes' father is? 
Don't say 43. <laughs> 50. He's 50. It's close enough. I mean, Tom Brady is much closer to being the age of Patrick Mahomes' father than he is the guy he's going to be going up against in Super Bowl 55. Like, I don't think we, we – we'll figure it out later when he eventually stops playing in the year 25-25. But, you know, the stuff that he's doing, he, he's playing in his 10th Super Bowl. That's crazy. Like, you talk to anybody else, hey, man, I, I made it to three. What a blessing my career was. He's playing in his 10th Super Bowl. And let's put this another way. He's been in the league 21 years, but he didn't play his rookie year. In 2008, he blew out his knee in the first game of the regular season in the first half against uh, the Chiefs and Bernard Pollard. So really, he's been a full-time quarterback in the NFL for 19 seasons. He's played in the Super Bowl in 10 of 19 seasons. In other words, more than half of his seasons have ended up with him playing with a chance to win a Super Bowl. That's insane. I, there, there's, there, there will never be, and I mean this sincerely, there will never be another situation like this in NFL history. And I just think we've sort of gotten to got, sort of deal with it because it keeps happening. And I don't think we truly understand, like, here's the norm. There's Brady's career up there. You know, the, the line is so far away, it's a dot, and we can't even see it. That's how crazy the fact that he's 43 and playing in his 10th Super Bowl in 19 seasons is. And it's not like he had to put anything else on his resume, but here he is. He goes to a different team who they couldn't even win, you know, win any playoff games since their last Super Bowl, Tampa, that is. And he gets there, and yeah. then all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl. So uh, that's where I want to lead this conversation a little bit towards this quarterback mania that's going on because the Bucks go out, they sign Tom Brady. It didn't seem like there was – a huge market for Brady last year. I know that there was, you know, a bunch of teams that checked in, but it was really the Bucks that wanted him. Do you think that there's maybe an overcorrection that happens this offseason? We've already seen it with Matthew Stafford. There's all this Deshaun Watson talk. We're expecting a lot of movement. Are teams going to look at what Brady did this year, going to a new team, lifting them up the way he did, and are they going to say, hey, we need that? And, hey, the Chicago Bears might be one of those teams. Well, there's a lot to unpack in that. But uh, first and foremost, I mean, we, we, I think we've established that Brady's an outlier, right? So I think if you expect that from anybody else, you're probably overshooting to begin with. Um, there's going to be a, a crazy amount of, of, of interest, but I don't know how many quarterbacks this offseason are actually going to change teams. Like, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going anywhere because I don't think Nick Casario, the new GM, wants to give away one of the top four players in football. Um, as much as Deshaun Watson may want it, he signed the deal, you know, it, it, and he's whether it's been fair or unfair with the way the Texans have absolutely trashed uh, their franchise. You know, if the Texans trade away within a calendar year, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, they should be relegated like the Premier League does in soccer. You know, I mean, there's they should not exist as a franchise. So it's been a bleep show all the way around. But. I think Nick Casario is bound and determined to try and prove to uh, Deshaun Watson. It's going to take something that that he should stay or he's going to stay because they don't have to do anything. I mean, it's a cap friendly situation for them. You know, then you get to Carson Wentz. Well, I, to me, there's no reason why Carson Wentz should be going anywhere because they don't know what they have in Jalen Hurts yet. He's played, what, four games? And you're really to move on from a guy who at one point in 2016 was going to be the MVP of the league or 2017, rather, before he blew out his knee in that win at the Coliseum against the Rams, and you have a cap-friendly deal, so you can keep both of them. I also don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere because 
they don't have to for at least another one or two years. So the, there's this idea that it's going to be this crazy quarterback movement market. I have no idea how much of it is actually based in reality. So you're telling me, Trey, that the Bears are stuck with Nick Foles. Uh, are, are you okay with that? I think you broke everybody's <laughs> hearts in Chicago by everything you, you just said there. We, we are a Bears podcast. The, the Watson's name comes up all the time. But you saw the playoff game. I, I think I remember you tweeting about it as the Bears defense tried their best to, to keep the Saints off the board. I mean, don't you think the Bears are desperate enough to, to go crazy and try to get to Deshaun Watson here? Okay, yeah, absolutely they are. But then, then the question becomes, what do you have? Like, you gave away all those picks for Khalil Mack, right? So what, what's in your arsenal to go get Deshaun Watson? Look, the idea of Deshaun Watson going to Chicago, love it in a vacuum. But as we all know, nothing happens in a vacuum, right? Uh, you have to look at the reality of the situation. Like, in fantasy football, if I could draft Deshaun Watson and put him on the Bears roster, do I think it's an upgrade? Absolutely it's an upgrade. But then there's the reality of making that happen. You have to convince the Houston Texans to do it. And what are you willing to part with as an organization to try and convince them? Because what are your pieces? Like, let me ask you guys. You're the Bears now. Okay, a little role play here because I hear that's popular on the Internet. You guys are the Bears. I'm Nick Casario. Impress me. Two first-round picks. How about three first-round picks? That's where I'd start the conversation. And a roster player. Not Roquan Smith, though. Yeah. A roster player. So what, like a long snapper? I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. A Patrick roster Scales player. Is the most reliable long snapper since Patrick Manley. All yours, Nick Casario. I mean, yeah, t- yeah, I mean, look, pass. You know, I know yeah. what I got. It's like, it's like the idea when everyone graded the Lions-Rams trade, right? Oh, look what the Lions got. Well, do you want to know the list of players that the Raiders got in the, in the trades where they sent away Amari Cooper for first-round pick and Khalil Mack for first-round picks? Do you want to know their names? I mean, Henry Ruggs, who's yet to be what we thought he would be. Uh, Damon Arnett, a cornerback out of Ohio State. Josh Jacobs, good player. Good player. Running back, though, a fairly benign position that you can find somebody without a first-round pick. Uh, And let's see, who was the other one? Uh, Oh, it was Jonathan Abrams, the safety uh, that's been in and out of the lineup. Were any of those players as good as Khalil Mack or Amari Cooper? I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in the known. I know what I got in Deshaun Watson. And unless the organization is telling me strip it down to the studs, why in the hell would I give away a guy who, if he was on any other team, would have been in the consideration for MVP with what he did in 2020? Why would I do that? Like, why would I hurt my franchise that poorly? My job as Nick Casario now is to try and salvage this relationship in any way I can and convince him I know what I'm doing, what we did before isn't going to work, and w- we know that now, and we've got to do things the right way. But, I mean, like th- this whole thing with Deshaun, you know it started when they traded away DeAndre Hopkins yep. for a, for a beat-up running back. I mean, like, God bless David Johnson. He was great for a few years, but he's in the decline years of a running back already, and he was injured. Like, why would you give away one of the most dynamic, explosive weapons in the NFL for an injured running back? It, it makes no sense. And I do find it hilarious right that the Texans tried to go two years without a GM and now they realized how bad they screwed that up they've made Casario who's never been a GM before the third highest paid GM in all of football I mean you want to talk about an overcorrection our bad we really screwed that up I'll never forget when that trade came through just be like now this has to be a typo 
Something, this, this yeah. does not add up. There's no way this is a real trade. Uh, but it was, yeah, that, was that was That was tweeted by a darn Schefter, not Adam Schefter. It had to be, right? Yeah, right. Um, all right, so let's be a little bit more realistic then with the Bears and what the options might be. Are, are there any quarterbacks out there that you think can be better in a different situation? I'm thinking like maybe Derek Carr becomes available or Marcus Mariota if they don't keep both of them. Or do the 49ers, they go out and get a better option. Does Jimmy Garoppolo make sense? Would, would those, any of those guys be somebody you think could maybe be better if they move into a different situation? Well, there's a couple of interesting things there, right? Let's start with, with, with Carr, because I think that the Raiders would make him available if they thought they could get Deshaun Watson. But then you got to work out a three-way trade or uh, some way, some, some, somehow. Um, is, is, is Derek Carr an upgrade over Nick Foles, even though Nick Foles is an M, was an MVP in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I, I would believe that. I absolutely would. Uh, you mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo. The Jimmy Garoppolo thing is interesting because, you know, there's the possibility that the Atlanta Falcons, with the pick that they have, might want to go at one of those quarterbacks in the top ten. And obviously there's a relationship between Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when they refused to run the ball on third and one in Super Bowl 51. But we can get past that with a 12-point lead with eight and a half minutes to play. Uh, so Jimmy Garoppolo, would he be an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah, I think he would in the sense that we've seen when you put restraints on him, what he can be and what he can't be. But, you know, let's be honest. When the Niners went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs last year, they basically took the air out of the football, right? They understood Jimmy can make these throws. He can't make these throws. And for everything that the Chiefs did right in winning Super Bowl 54, if Jimmy Garoppolo hits a wide open Emmanuel Sanders with about a minute to play in that game, it's a totally different contest. It's a totally different dynamic. They had their shot. He just didn't complete the pass. So are they, are they potential upgrades? Yes. The problem for the Bears is they have one quarterback under contract. His name is Nick Foles. That clearly is not going to be the way they start the season. So they're going to be half. They're going to have to do something. The question then becomes, how dramatic do they want that something to be, and how the other D word desperate are they to make sure that they don't have Nick Foles as the only veteran quarterback under contract? Did you think there's more desperate teams? That the Jets come to mind, of course. The Jaguars, they have the number one overall pick, so they seem to be okay drafting Trevor Lawrence. But like in Chicago, where we where we've never covered. Adam, I mean, since Jay Cutler, a viable Pro Bowl caliber quarterback in a long time. I know Mr. Trubisky was an alternate, but like when you're rating the desperation of, of teams, where would you put the Bears in this mix? Are they somewhere between the Colts, who have this win-now playoff roster, and the Jets, who just can't seem to get any, anything right? Well, the Jets are the Jets, right? And look, I, I would not give up on Sam Darnold. Like, I, I know people think I'm crazy, but like, how do you know what he's been able to do? Like, how do you know? You, you, you've, you haven't given him any weapons. Uh, and then Adam Gase, it just didn't work. I mean, like Adam Gase was best when he was not a head coach. Let's be honest about that. He was much better in, in a different situation. So uh, if, I'm, if I'm the Jets and you wasted a very high draft pick on, not wasted, you, you used a very high draft pick on Sam Darnold, not that long ago, 2018, uh, you know, there wasn't a big difference between Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, their rookie years. And then what do the Bills do? They drafted players around him and gave him weapons. And lo and behold, Josh Allen became a lot better. On the Jets, I still think that I have something in Sam Darnold. So honestly, because of what you just mentioned and because of the caliber of defense that we see in Chicago and with the running game and with the wide receivers who were decent at times this year, I think the desperation level is pretty high to find a functional 
quarterback for Chicago. You're not going to get a Patrick Mahomes, even though you could have, but that's a separate issue entirely. Uh, you're not going to get somebody like that. What you need to do is find someone that you believe can be functional because you put your chips to the table already with what you've done with Khalil Mack and that defense. You need to make sure you have somebody on the other side of the ball that can function at a, at a medium to high level to make sure that team can pay off on what the talent is on that roster. Wait, the Bears could have had Mahomes? I know, it's news. Oh. You know, uh, bring in the breaking news thing. We, that, we, we, just, uh, we just announced that. That's got to be tough to swallow if you think about it. Uh, Trey, let's talk about your podcast. It's called Half Forgotten History. Season 2 premiered back on January 21st. Tell us about it and who you're talking to. Yeah, it was with the Mannings for season two, Archie and Eli. That was great. We just dropped Zach Ertz last week. Obviously, a big scenario with him. He doesn't know what's going on in his future. Uh, next uh, next episode drops uh, Thursday, which will be with Teddy Bruschi. And the timing there couldn't work out better because the last team to repeat is Super Bowl champs with the Patriots in Super Bowls 38 and 39. And obviously, that's what the Chiefs are trying to do. Um, it's great. Look, for me, the idea to talk to these guys was about all the stuff that I always heard and knew when we weren't on camera, right? We would sit around in the green room, I'd hear these stories, and I'd be like, that can't be true. And I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely true. And we get to tell those stories now. Like Tim Hasselbeck, uh, backup quarterback for the Giants and basically every team in the in the NFC he ever played for, uh, once told me this story that Luke Pettigrew, the lead, the left tackle for the Bear, for the uh, Giants, like broke his leg in a game. They had to bring in the backup left tackle, Bob Whitfield. Well, Whitfield was terrible, and Eli just got crushed in that game. And then it comes out, and this was in the episode, it comes out that uh, Whitfield at a players-only meeting the next week said, man, I messed up. Luke never gets hurt. I was out all night partying with girls. I didn't get a single night, a second to sleep. I didn't think I was going to play. And, of course, Eli almost got destroyed in that game. Eli turned to Tim Hasselbeck and goes, yeah, and I'm the bust. Those are the kind of stories <laughs> we like to tell on Half Forgotten History. So that'll continue for season two. And season three is already planning and underway. It's going to be great. But you can get it on YouTube, uh, my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere else you can get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, yada, yada, yada. All right. Well, we and we certainly encourage all of our listeners to go check that out. I love hearing stories like that. Trey, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it and enjoy the game this weekend. You got it. Adam and Adam, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, Trey. There he is, Trey Wingo. Great stuff from him. Uh, no Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It seems like everyone has that opinion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, why, why would Houston do it? He made a great point. No, it's like every time, for all the things he just said, that's why I continually argue, like with David Kaplan, uh, this is exactly why the Bears should do this. Give up all the picks because there are no sure things. But that's exactly as Trey Wingo just explained to us why if you're Houston why you probably shouldn't do it and you forget that even though Deshaun Watson has that no trade clause Houston still has leverage they, they can find him a lot of money all the way up to the start of the season looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 US based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay, time now to bring in Troy Hill, longtime Los Angeles Ram, who's uh, set to be a free agent this year. And uh, boy, it looks nice wherever you are, Troy. I am extremely <laughs> jealous. We got, I don't know, 14 inches of snow on the ground. And here more coming. And some Arctic wind coming in this weekend. Uh, where are you? It looks nice. Uh, I'm outside. I'm in my backyard right now in California. Oh, yeah. The palm trees. <laughs> For our listeners who aren't watching, there's very nice palm trees in the background. Uh, well, Troy, we wanna, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on here in Chicago is because of the defense you played in. Uh, this past year with Brandon Staley, who uh, from that Vic Fangio coaching tree, we know Vic well. We know Brandon well for being here in Chicago. And you had a, a great season there in that defense uh, this season. What did you like about that scheme? What worked for you? Uh, I think what I like most about it is it gave – it was an opportunistic defense, and it gave everybody a chance to win one-on-ones and uh, get an opportunity to make a big play. So – I enjoyed that about it and uh, just the, the scheming that we had with uh, Coach Staley and the way he called the defense, that was always great too, so I enjoyed it. Troy, what were your expectations when he was hired? Because this is just one season and then you go through this year, become the top-ranked defense in the league, get into the playoffs, and now here he is, the head coach of, of the Chargers. Like, it's been a crazy rise for him, but what were your expectations from 
the get-go. How did those play out? And what do you think about him getting a head coaching job? Uh, I really didn't. I really ain't hear too much about him when they first hired him, just see that he came from Denver. So I ain't really had too much expectations. He kind of came up to me and uh, reached out to me, I should say, because of that virtual thing. He reached out to me and like, uh, I liked his energy and he was a, a football guy. So when I when I felt that, I knew that we was gonna have something special. So uh, I enjoy I enjoy playing for Coach Daly and I know that he gonna have a lot of success over there and uh, with the Chargers. So one and done, they did that for a reason. So. I mean, everybody see how we were seeing it, too, with the team. So, Troy, here in Chicago, uh, Sean Desai is taking over as defensive coordinator. He also learned under Vic Fangio, coached with Brandon Staley. So I think what we want to know, and I think what everyone's trying to figure out, it seems like when you bring up that scheme talk and opportunistic defense, that seems to be what is the answer for some of these high-flying offenses that are out there. I know it's one of the reasons why Sean McVay wanted to bring Brandon to L.A. because he was tired of losing to him, right? So what is it about that scheme that works so well against today's top quarterbacks and all these points that are going up on the board and they, you know, all the penalties they call on you defensive players? Uh, like I said before, it's very opportunistic and, and our defense is – we didn't really get a, the quarterbacks that pre-snap. Uh, we had our pre-snap disguises working for us, and we never really showed them too much. So they had to do all they thinking once the ball is snapped. So that made it a lot difficult for them to, you know what I'm saying, process what we in so they don't know exactly where to go with the ball right now type of thing. And you got to find them one-on-ones or, or, I mean, you know what I'm saying, as a player, when you do get the one-on-ones, it's like, all right, it's, it's on me now, so I, I get an opportunity to make a big play. So, I mean, I felt like it was just all around good because it, it, it made the quarterback think a lot more than a lot of these other defenses. When we watch film, we'll see a lot of other defenses. They just give away what they're in right away. So, I mean, I feel like the skies and things that we had was great. Troy, you mentioned uh, Brandon Staley's high energy and how that stuck with you. I imagine that resonated with some of your teammates. You have some superstars on that defense and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. How did he connect with them? And what were some of the benefits of having a young defensive mind, a young defensive coach in charge of your defense? Uh, I think when he, when he connected with them was, he allowed them to, to play free in the defense. You know, like the defense was really revolved around them two in a way, you know? creating one-on-ones for AD, even though it didn't happen a, a lot. And then being able to move Jalen inside and outside and me inside and outside, it kind of it kind of played to the favor and to some of the matchups that he wanted to to have out there. So, I mean, I felt like he just kind of, he, he favored to the, to, the, to, the, to the stars of the team to make them have success and make everybody around them have success. And I feel like he related it to us being that he was so young, he was able to have conversations that, I mean, a lot of, or understand us more so than a lot of these older coaches would because, I mean, he's probably not too far out from playing the game too. So that's why I feel like he had a lot more understanding with his players being that he was younger. What did Leonard Floyd bring to, to your team and your defense? He was here for four years in Chicago. The Bears decided to move on. He goes to L.A. and – Seemed like every week he was racking up sacks for you guys. 
Exactly. The, the, the tape uh, speak for itself, and you said it yourself. He brought a lot of sacks, high energy, played the run great. I mean, he was out there balling. So, I mean, that's why I feel like he brought a lot of production to that defense. And, I mean, you know, he, he a great player, and that's going to show he a free agent too. So, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be targeted by a lot of teams also. The, the quarterback conversation is dominating the league, and now your former teammate Jared Goff is now in the NFC North with, with us with the Lions. What did you make of that trade, and what do you make about all the buzz the quarterbacks are generating right now in the NFL? Uh, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's a tough one. I, I really didn't see it coming. I didn't know what was going to happen with that situation, but, I mean, it's, it's a fresh start for JG, so, I mean, it's, it's all about perspective and how he look at it and with the things. And, I mean, you know, uh, a lot of things was going on. He had success over there in L.A. And, I mean, he had a hard time this year or however people want to look at it. But, I mean, it's always good when you got a fresh start. And, obviously, that's a team that want him and they coming to get him. So, I mean, that's going to be a good look for him in a way. So, I mean, I'm excited for him. And I think it was a win-win for both teams. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, granted you're entering free agency, but what's your reaction to, to Stafford uh, joining the Rams and what he might be able to bring to, to the to Los uh, Angeles? Like I say, it's a win-win. I mean, with him and McVay right there, who I mean, who knows? And uh, he 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 a, uh, a veteran who played a lot of ball, so I mean, he has seen a lot of defenses and. The schemes that they run is favorable with the with Cam Makers back there running the ball too. It's gonna take a lot of pressure off of him and the offensive line that they got. So, I mean, I feel like that's gonna be a win-win. Like I said, for both of them because, I mean, I don't think it's gonna put a lot of pressure on him to just go out there and have to throw the ball a thousand times, you know. So, I mean, I feel like it's gonna be a win-win because he's gonna have a run game, and I know in Detroit they really never had a that type of run game that they got back there. So, I mean. Like I say, I, I'm excited for them and excited for what they got going on. Speaking of free agency and potential changes, what, what do you think you showed this season that could attract other teams? And I guess how excited are you about this, this process coming up in March? Uh, I think I showed that I'm versatile. I play inside and outside. This is my first time in my career really playing inside. I think I played one other time during the season against the Chiefs like a year or two ago. But, I mean, I'm versatile. I'll play any position on the, on the field, if you ask me. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I'm nervous and excited because, like, it's the unknown factor. But, I mean, it's my first time being able to go into that free agency market. And I feel like I put some something together that my resume will speak for itself. So, I mean, I'm just excited about this process. And I'm going to take it as a blessing and keep on running. And when, it, when it's all said and done, I mean – you know, I'm gonna be happy with the decisions that I make. How much of it is a desire for you to stay in a, at least a similar scheme? Because hey, it's a similar scheme here in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's definitely a, a a desire though, because you know I played in what this was my third different scheme for the whole time, and uh, I was in Coach Phillips' scheme for about four years, and. I came into this scheme, and I mean, I feel like I enjoyed this one a lot, you know, and uh, it showed, and we had the number one defense, and most of the time this scheme got the number one defense every year, year in and year out. So, I mean, 
of course I want I would love to play in this scheme again. So I mean that's a that's a big factor. But at the same time, I mean I just want to go where somebody want me. Gotcha, man. Understandable. And Troy, uh, it was fun watching you this season. It's fun watching that Rams defense, quite frankly, all season. And uh, we wish you the best over these next few months in free agency. And hey, maybe we'll be talking to you again soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. All right. I'm not sure that I would be leaving those palm trees. Oh, no, absolutely not. I got to get my shovel ready again here. <laughs> but um, interesting guy to keep an eye on in free agency. Obviously, we got to see what happens with Kyle Fuller. Jalen Johnson's not going anywhere. Buster Screen's contract can't really move that at this point. But Troy Hill is a guy who can play inside and outside. If you did happen to trade Kyle Fuller, that's the type of veteran who I don't think will be terribly expensive. One of those types of cornerbacks that you know you can sign relatively cheap and still get a lot out of. If I'm a Bears fan, I'm very excited about what he said about Brandon Staley because I think it applies to Sean Desai. The youth, the, the connection with the star players could happen here with Sean Desai. All right, well, uh, another fun day here with Trey and Troy. Adam and Adam. Adam and Adam, Trey and Troy. That's what we had today on the Hogan Jazz podcast. Uh, good stuff again. Two more days of this. Looking forward to it. And, of course, you can be watching. If you're listening to this right now, you can be watching on, on the My Teams app. You should be. We're doing it live every day at 3 o'clock. Uh, you can find it on YouTube as well. We're everywhere this week, and we're having a lot of fun. Two more days to go. Fuck them all. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>